Hi, this is Mind Body Student, where Ollie, Joe, Mitch, three girls with Mike, bringing you positive frequencies for your improvements. We value sharing thoughts and respect for our environment and creating a safe space. We wish to provide an open conversation for all of us to expand on themes that will hopefully interest you. Disclaimer. This is Mitch from the future. I just wanted to pop in and say sorry I've heard about audio quality. We had to Zoom call because the speaker today is from France. Only after did I realize that the audio quality on my end was trash. So bear with us and uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Lockdown in a virtual world. How it affects mental health. Hi everybody. Um, today I'm here with a guest, a friend. Um, that agreed to share his thoughts and experiences with uh, the lockdown that just happened. Hi everybody, um, my name is Jan. I'm entering my third year at McGill, majoring in sociology uh, and a double minor in psychology and Arabic. Thank you, Jan. And so yeah, let's start uh, ahead with uh, the topic. I want to talk about how mental health effect was affected during this pandemic. I definitely think it's something that um, was out of normal, was unusual, and it caught a lot of people off guard. How did it affect you personally, if you would mind sharing? Definitely felt really weird. So I got I got to I got to go home at the end of March, before the end of classes. So I still had one month of class that I spent in my room in France. That was so weird because it's a place where I hadn't studied in like a bunch of years and I had to go mm -hmm. back and like be really serious like keep up with work and everything and that was pretty difficult a lot of my exams would take home and that really saved me that really saved my, my <laughs> semester <laughs> yeah honestly it was just it was just really weird because personally I'm not that guy who's gonna go out that much I'm not really a social butterfly in general but I also like having my freedom I also like knowing that if I want to go out I got friends I can do stuff sometimes mm -hmm. they're gonna invite me sometimes I'm gonna suggest stuff to them Mm -hmm. And during this time, I was in my room, so I was living with my I was living with my mom, and I couldn't really go out. And especially in France, quarantine measures were really strict, and like if you got maybe too far away from your house, you came across a policeman or something like that, they could be, okay, um, give you a, like a, an amount. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I took the metro for like four stations to go to the pharmacy, mm -hmm. um, buy stuff. It's the pharmacy I always go to. It didn't feel that far away from me, uh, from my house to me, but to the person who gave me the ticket, it did feel that way. You know, it's but, crazy um, though because, like, of course, it affected all of us, but you know that it affected all of us differently because of the regulations too. Like in Montreal, for example, no one's gonna stop you from taking four stations uh, further away from your home, and so of course, the pandemic affected like populations differently like yeah it's 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 something to realize that people in other places are having it harder or differently yeah yeah definitely and it's also the fact that just us as human beings we don't necessarily have the same tolerance level there's someone who's going to be um in the country with the with the measures like the french measures uh that were really strict who's gonna have more ease taking it than someone who's gonna be in montreal where the measures were a little more relaxed i'd say but it's just i think i think in both cases it was just really weird with the whole atmosphere really you couldn't like you you didn't decide 
you, you, you really didn't decide much on what you wanted to do or what you could do. And how did those extra regulation or extra rules affect you? I don't feel like it impacted me in too much of a negative way. I think it was just, it just felt long because mm -hmm. I was spending like a lot of time alone more than I usually do. I just try to do a few things to not think too hard about being alone or whatever. I also did a lot of home workouts. And that mm -hmm. was really, really awesome because it really gave me like something to do every day. And it gave me one specific point. If nothing else goes well during that day, I know I have that moment where I can just lock out everything and just be mm -hmm. in the moment and just, just let yeah. out my energy. And that was, that's something I really, really enjoyed during this time. It's so nice. And also like people to put you in context. Jan is an athlete. It makes yeah, sense why yeah. you'd be so important for you to train on a daily basis too. It's like in, in your routine. Definitely. Personally, I don't think I would feel good about not training for a long amount of time. It's funny you bring that up because like that's a topic that we touched on amply in uh, episode two. Yeah, I found like it goes two ways. For some people during the pandemic, physical activity was an outlet and you know, they did that to feel better on a daily basis. But also for other people who physical activity is not their primary like uh, important thing or thing that makes them feel better, they didn't feel enough motivation to do that on a consistent basis. And so it, it's nice that for you it was uh, the other case. Yeah, it is. It is for Like I would say really helped me out and um how did you find finishing your semester online in another country just the fact of coming home was so weird first of all when i came home we had two weeks off we had two um just said for two weeks you will not have any classes anything to worry about and then we start again basically when i arrived um When I arrived home, it was in the middle of the second week off. I had four or five days to adapt to the um, time zone. And then I had to start school again. I don't think I ever really got into it. You know, I think there was, um, out of my classes, there was one, we were only 20 and it's a language we had to Zoom. So I really kept up with that class because I, I could. I, I kind of had to. And I also had homework on the side and everything and presentations. It kind of all fell on me. And I really, I, I felt like I was able to keep up with the assignments because I had that idea in my head that I needed to do it because it was assignments and I was graded on it and everything. But everything else, like keeping up with stuff, I really, really, really struggled with that even more than usual because I didn't have that drive. I think I was sort of weirded out. You know? Yeah, it's weird when you're at home and you're doing everything from home. It doesn't feel like school. We're yeah. used to going to school and having that school reminder. So like I know a lot of, and we mentioned that in episode one, merging your two environments, your school mm -hmm. environment, your home environment, your relaxed environment, all together, it just becomes so weird to know, okay, I'm in my room when I'm studying, I'm in my room when I'm relaxing, I'm in my room when I'm doing other stuff. Whereas before, it was easy to differentiate home from school. How are you going to be in the mood if one second you look at your bed and the next second you look at you're like desk you're like exactly. yeah um, not feeling like it exactly i hadn't worked in my room like i hadn't been seriously working in my room since a couple of years since i finished high school so i really had this notion of um this place is the place where i can rest because that's where mm -hmm. i came back all the time home for vacation that's where i was the first few days when i started studying i did it in my bed because that's what i usually did in montreal i was getting sleepy it was just a weird sort of mind state that I was in. It took me a few days and then I was like, no, I need to go back to my desk. And like a reason why 
I wasn't on my desk was because my desk was messy and like mm-hmm. I wasn't bothered to clean it up but so I did <laughs> it made a difference it wasn't a big difference but it was a difference already just the fact that I wasn't in my bed it's probably something psychological just mm-hmm. the fact of attributing a place to a certain mood and it just does everything and so for September this fall semester it's probably going to be like it may be it may be easier because I got more used to that to to this environment as a study place but actually I haven't really studied in from May to May to August I haven't studied so I really don't know there's a couple things there are ways even despite the situation right now I've been looking into that a lot because same thing is happening here like I'm going to be studying home mostly and I do not want to have this association that home is relaxation 24 7 like yes, but no. I had to like give away, kind of like compromise my bedroom to make it to turn into my office. And that was a decision that I took because I was like, right now my school is more important is a bigger priority than my sleep. Yeah. And so this is kind of weird to say, but I sleep on the floor. Um, oh. I mean, on the mattress, but like on the floor. I don't, I gave away my bed frame so that my desk could fit. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm trying to like create this mind association that when I'm in my room, it's not my bedroom, it's my office. Your mind associates stuff with smell, with uh, hearing and visuals. And my um, smelling sense are really strong, as well as like my auditive memory. I've been trying to light the same candle every single time I study. And I've been trying to listen to the same type of music every single time I study. So that as soon as I lit the candle and put my lo-fi music, I'm in the zone to study. Yeah. So there's little tricks here and there where you can like, kind of trick your mind to like associate study with space but it's definitely a struggle you know yeah that's really interesting like i didn't think mm-hmm. about it but that's really interesting the way you're really trying to set yourself up in a specific environment it's that's, conditioning that's... there's also a trick that you can use is eating the same chewing gum the same flavor every single time you study mm-hmm. which will remind you that you associate the flavor with uh, studying okay well thank yeah. you very much for that no worries but yeah so like this is something that we wouldn't have to worry about if the libraries were open, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I miss the library so much. Like, I took them for granted. I just miss having a nice little desk where I will most definitely not study, but just talk with my friends. I really agree with that. I didn't feel like I was that much of a library person, you know, as in I usually went there when I had um, free time between two classes. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be at a place and I didn't even study like most of the time I was there because we were talking about um, the room and how being in a particular environment brings specific things in you. I don't know because like you live in Montreal, so it's probably different perspective from mine. Me, I came to Montreal to study when I came one or two weeks before. It was to like get used to my new place so that I could study at later you know, like the city for me it's a study place. when i'm here in france and i'm like okay now you need to study here mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so weird and it's yeah. so less motivating and it's all like i don't feel like i have as much of um internal drive to do it i fully understand that. i mean not at the level that you do because it's like a country association with a purpose yeah so, different goals in different places but. yeah that's interesting if i remember well remember learning that the mind is very very associative we're not really good at like having emerging ideas and thinking and making links we're very much like putting things into box the box of a student mm-hmm. the box of a family member that's why we're not able to be like yeah i'm both like we can 
but it's not our first instinct. Our first instinct is to be like box-like and like associate to a memory that we already have or a pattern or a train of thought that we already have in our minds. Yeah, I agree with that. What you said about like associate, like the brain being associative, I think that applies a lot when you talk about comfort zones, you know, like when you talk about finding a place where you feel good or like when you really like doing something, just the fact of stepping out of it, that's when like that's why it feels uncomfortable and that's why it feels weird because it's so unusual an interesting thing about that so i was i, I read a book recently about mm -hmm. like self-work self-improvement self-transformation one of the main things that stuck with me from that book was was a quote that said progress begins when you step outside of your comfort zone love it yeah and i thought it was so incredible because it's something that like you may overlook but then when you look into it deeply, you're like, this is so true because every time you're faced with a challenge, well, no matter what happens from it, even if you don't realize it, you grew from it. Exactly. And that, like, that's how I feel about everything and everybody, you know, mm -hmm. just that we're all growing machines. Mm -hmm. Personally, I was just like, how can I make my day good, you know? I really, really do. The link that you made between the associative brain your comfort zone and what you do about that. I think it's so powerful. And this, like going back to the mental health, um, first let me disclaim that mental health is uh, broader than we think and much more complicated yeah. than we think, you know? But at the same time, we can dive into a subsection of mental health, which is mental strength. Mm -hmm. Mental strength has this kind of connotation of like strength, dominate, you go and beat everyone up mentally and positively, you know? I would more say that mental strength kind of really, like related to mental resilience is this ability to bounce back and this ability to, as you did, be like, all right, changes are going to come. But you know what? I'm going to set up my mind to think that every single time I'm outside of my box, the association that I know, it's going to be growth. Time. And because yeah. it's a growth time, I'm going to push myself to go out there. I mean, respectfully and with love, but I'm mm -hmm. going to push myself to be out there because being able to take that risk when you have the full ability uh, to do so is a good value to have because it allowed you, for example, to have like okay experience with the quarantine. Whereas mm -hmm. like if you wouldn't have had that mindset, it would have been much, much harder for you. But you developed that association that you know what, being outside of my comfort zone, it's going to happen in life. And unfortunately, it happened with quarantine, which is which was terrible for most of us. Mm -hmm. But with that kind of mindset, I think uh, it draws inspiration to a, a lot of people out there, and like to me too, to know that like yeah, we're in this together. And you know what? If we persevere and we keep bouncing back and getting out of our comfort zone, maybe things are gonna be alright. There's mm -hmm. no guarantee, but maybe. Yeah, and also I also have this feeling that I don't think it's too big a secret that mental health has, still has a bit of stigma around it. It does. A lot of people, what a lot of people are experiencing is mental health that they just don't know, like they just don't know it is. And so I think along your life journey, you're gonna become more or less aware of several or different things about you. I feel like the moment I got actively involved in my mental health the moment where i was like i can take ownership of this mm -hmm. is start of um grade 12 but the moment i actually acknowledged that it was mental health was maybe like a few months ago yeah because if you don't have a label for it it's gonna be hard to know what it is Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest like issue about anything really it comes back to the brain and how associative it is. If we don't know 
that a thing has a label, if we don't know what this is a mental struggle, we will not be able to treat it like you should because we will not be able to understand it as what it no. actually is. Defining those terms is really important for people to start approaching the conversation about mental health more openly and to start mm. being like, you know what? I do experience this and it's okay because I'm human. Like we have a physical health. Yeah, everyone has one. Being able to acknowledge uh, mental health as such is also being able to break down barriers between people. By like, if you if you say if you put mental health in like its own category, like if you if you stigmatize it, what you're gonna do probably is also uh, put the people who actively and like openly practice mental health in some sort of box. What's so great about accepting what you're going through as mental health is that that person that you're gonna see, they're gonna look so happy, so fulfilled, so wholesome, and mm -hmm. so motivated and so like self-believing. Then you mm -hmm. think about how that person is going through the same stuff as you. It helps you to stop thinking that you're not capable of doing stuff it helps you believe a whole lot more in yourself yeah when we open up the conversation about mental health we have what i call the positive loop because mm -hmm. in a conversation when two people are open about their mental health not only like you said you're gonna feel how oh, do you understand me we are living through the same thing that's gonna bring you reassurance but also sharing and hearing their story is going to create empathy and the society mm. empathy is a society that will go ahead and strong because yeah. they will support each other and without each other there's nothing and so that's a positive loop you will share i will share i'll feel reassured you'll feel reassured you'll feel empathy towards me i'll feel empathy towards you and we'll be in it together you know yeah, so i think yeah. it's really powerful and like people don't see it mm -hmm. i don't know if you have the same kind of background as me but um i come from an immigrant family latinos are very stubborn because of their pride and stubbornness we tend to be neglect our mental health a lot and mm -hmm. um, i grew up with men my whole life and so even more the macho mentality was they're always saying Stuff it up, yeah. keep doing what you have to do, hustle. All my life, I'd say up until I was maybe 16, that's what I thought. And I kept repressing, repressing, repressing. No one else around me was allowed to like break down and neither was I, you know? Yeah. But then like around 16, that's when I opened my eyes and I was like, you know what? I need to break down. Like fast forward to now, I'm 21 years old and my journey has come a long way to the point where now I'm able to help my parents with their ideas that mental health doesn't exist like they don't believe in it and their head is just like there is physical health and that's it i see them struggling like the pandemic has affected them greatly and so i try to create this association they don't use the right terminologies but they start to see the field of wellness and mental health and yeah. even though like lately like they're using the terms they're like yeah I'm feeling stressed and I think my mental health needs to be like improved. Uh, let's go for a walk or can we talk it out? And so there's progress like little by little that makes me really, really happy knowing like where they came from. Well, that's really, that's really awesome. I can share my background too if you want. Yeah. <laughs> like grown up you know like everybody was looking everybody was looking at in a positive under in a positive way pretty early i uh, i skipped a few grades in my family i was like the the genius i never really felt like i was that superior i just really felt like my intelligence was something i could be confident in but then on the other hand i was really shy and i was really closeted in a way and i think that's something that stayed with me a lot i have a pretty tough time communicating with my mom which is which is really weird because like she's one of the most 
precious people to me, but I can't talk about my personal stuff. It just frustrates me. I'm an only child. My family is kind of spread around the world. So I spent a lot of time with my mom and my, my grandmother. And since I didn't really talk to them, I kind of looked for connections. Yeah, connections. Thank you. I was look, like, looked a lot for connections at school. And when I hit middle school, I was in an environment that was really, really, really harsh to me. I was bullied like for three, for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And I really felt persecuted. Like I felt like I barely had support from anybody. Wow. So then I I, uh, I left, I went to another school where it was better. I was still working through everything, but like that's part of the journey. Like I think everything is part of the journey, right? Yeah. Um, that's actually what's so amazing in a sense is that you're going to have these moments. Like I, I have, I've had these moments in my life where I was like, this is the particular moment when my life changed. Now with hindsight, I realize it's not true. The moment my life changed is the moment I was born because that's when things started to happen to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I, I was able to pile up experiences. One day I may have this moment where I break down and I cry. And it's not just because something happened to me on that day. Because mm-hmm. something happened to me on that day and it influenced me due to the other things that happened before. Yeah. And so that's why I'm also saying that mental health is uh, is something that everybody deals with. I think mental health can be literally anything you want. Yeah. Like really anything you want. It's mm-hmm. really something that should be acknowledged more in general. I agree. And thank you so much for sharing your story. That's a tough question. What is mental health, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think like how you were explaining your story kind of made me realize that perhaps mental health is kind of like a color that reflects you. And I really like what you said that from the moment you're born, that's when life happens. That's when it changes. And mm-hmm. as you live, colors start impregnating your essence and mm-hmm. you become a certain color. And maintaining mental health and having good mental health and you know, wellness and feeling wellness is being not a caller, but being the best caller that fits you, being your own caller. Because mm-hmm. if we are, for example, if I am a blue collar dot, and because we all live through trauma and we all have our trauma, if those impact me and they bring other colors into my color shade, I'll become something different. As a result, my mental health will be compromised. Or vice versa, if I meet people that bring me so much good and they brighten up my day, Maybe I'll get closer to that essence that I'm supposed to be, aka that color and this metaphor. And I think one thing that helps us remove all of those kind of layers on top of us that prevents us to shine as much as we could and should is not acknowledging and not respecting and not um, embracing our traumas. Because this is such an important topic that the mm-hmm. conversation is so close about traumas. Mm-hmm. We all live through those. And the way you talked about like your bullying experience with no remorse, but in the reverse, even seeing it as an opportunity of growth, of course, mm-hmm. not something you would relive, but like yeah. seeing it as something you took a message and lesson from is so inspiring. And yes, that is one step closer to achieving your best color of mental health, you know? I was beautiful. Thank you very much. Like, I really nice. appreciate that. I also really like your your color uh, metaphor because when you think about it, like, let's say I try to find my color, but you know how colors are like spectrums. There's no such thing. Like, when you say blue, there's actually like billions of blue or like exactly. infinity of blues or and same for red and same for like yellow. We're in this world and there's no real like universal right answer as to mm-hmm. why you're here. 
or as yeah. to who you are but it's just something that you work through all the time and like you go through the colors you go through the shades and maybe when you turn like 45 you're gonna have a revelation that yeah actually I'm not blue I'm red like why am I mm-hmm. here but that's that's really really awesome that you're able to see it because mm-hmm. life is a perpetual improvement mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree uh, although it, it can be hard and like mm-hmm. for people that are listening by no means are we saying minimizing the pain associated to trauma and mm-hmm. how hard it is oftentimes we hear when we're struggling or we, like open up to people and people are like things are gonna be okay things are gonna be okay and yeah things can be okay and things have the possibility to turn okay because that's not what we need to hear all the time and so acknowledging that things are shitty and that things are not all right. And I think that you're entitled and allowed to not be okay is also a step closer to achieving your best mental health possible. Because if you keep like neglecting it and being like, it's everything is okay, everything is okay, then you won't work on it. And so I think it's mixing like this, allowing yourself to feel and experience and not be okay, plus keeping this drive to do a step forward. And those two combined together is where it uh, most likely is going to help you, you know, feel and be better. Yeah. And like going along with what you were saying, so you're going to listen to a YouTube video that tells you, okay, you know how to be happy, just do this, this and that. And then you're going to take it as I need to do it this way. Yeah. It's really difficult to try to improve, to try to self-improve and not put you put yourself under like a whole lot of pressure. Yeah, it's true. Like you don't have to follow what other people say. If you're on your own things, we're just here to, you know, give our perspectives. Mm-hmm. And if that inspires you, then give it a try. But mm-hmm. you never feel forced like you have to. Because mm-hmm. we're, as we said earlier, we are different colors. We're not meant to be the same thing. We are all infinitely different from each other in so many possible ways that mm-hmm. things that might work for me might not work for you and vice versa. For sure. And on that, I think we'll conclude by saying thank you, Jan, again for uh, tuning in. Thank um, you for having me. It was really, really cool. Yeah, it was really nice having this conversation. And we encourage everyone else out there to have a conversation on mental health and other topics. Mm-hmm. And by all means, share them with us. So send us a DM and now you know where to find us. And uh, where can they find you, Jan? On Instagram, lively underscore storm. Hello, this is Jan from the future with a little disclaimer of sorts. So I was asked to pick one of my songs for the outro of the podcast and I picked a song that I was featured on from a really really great artist called Tilgood, T-H-E-O space G-O-U-D-E. This song is going to be part of his next musical project so if you like it make sure to listen to the rest of his music and stay tuned for what's next for him. Peace!
thinking I'm a loser Smoke the camel at the window, I needed some time Remember last year in London, I was tearing blind Couldn't find my ways, my mind under attack The words wouldn't pour out, it was raining too bad I thought my voice was over, but this a game and I'm a player Don't crush enough, so they said I had to toughen up I had to open up, share absolutely everything that I ever got The truth is, I can't write it all And I can't write it all I wanna tell everybody that I lost I miss their hearts I'm sorry, I missed your hearts uh. Drinking shit to forget I wasn't gonna win Something told me I could never make it without them I needed support, I needed blind passion Too bad I couldn't see the truth, I couldn't keep patient there's a few people I can trust Only few, but that's just enough So many left without words to say It's just another day My arms open for your stay The days pass and I can't find what to say Just a little word, just a little getaway Drowsy from the dry, that's over Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.